Well, good morning, New Hope. I must be cool now because I just followed Mr. T. Great to be with you today. In the Star Tribune, April 8th, 2003, there was a story of the power of words and kindness to others. Wagner, aged 43, said he was radically changed by a pivotal event in 1986. A client who would visit him every five weeks for a haircut came in the middle of that time and said she just wanted a shampoo and style and said, I don't have anything special going on. I just want to look and feel good tonight. He gave her a scalp massage. The two laughed and joked for the half hour she was there. She gave him a big hug on her way out. A few days later, he received a letter from her telling him she was planning to commit suicide that night, just wanted to look good for her funeral. But because of his kindness, she had hope that things could get better. She checked herself into a hospital to get the help she needed. That incident touched Wagner deeply, made him take stock in himself. It changed the whole way he lived his life as a boss, as a husband, as a father. He incorporated the concept of day-making into his life and business with the principle that every person we meet, we have the opportunity of making their day. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. The salon owner in the story spoke words of life and kindness and hope to someone on the verge of death. It changed her life and changed his in that one encounter. So as we continue in our series on wisdom called Foolproof Your Life, as Pastor Justin said, today we're talking about foolproof communication. Here's the big idea. Words are powerful. They can bring death or they can bring life. So first of all, what are the characteristics of words of death? A, they're critical. Gary Smalley in John Trent's best-selling book called The Blessing talks about our need to, for approval. We all need that, a job well done. I love you. I'm proud of you. It's what the Bible calls blessing. Many of us perhaps unknowingly go throughout life striving for that approval, most of the time from parents. It's fascinating, I've heard the accounts of people who their parents are dead and they're still striving for that approval from their parents who are no longer there. The unconditional love and approval that comes with a blessing is an important element of our self-esteem and emotional well-being. The blessing comes when words of approval are spoken over us. Isn't this true? We remember significant words, right? We remember remember words of blessing if we've received them. We remember words of lies, of negativity, of shame spoken over us. The Harvard Business Review says, top performing teams give each other more than five positive comments for every criticism. That's not natural, but it's good business because it comes from the good book. In Tomei's movie, 
parental guidance, Billy Crystal and Bette Midler play Marissa Tomei's parents. This is a great movie, and it, it plays on the humor of the struggles of differing parenting styles. Uh, when the older sister puts down her younger brother, he tells her, that was a put down, you owe me three ups. To which she replies, I like your shirt, I like your shoes, I like your hair. <laughs> kind of cheesy, cornball-y, positive fluff, right? But what does the Bible say? Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So according to God's word, we need some ups. Only ups, right? When it says unwholesome, this word unwholesome, it literally means decayed or rotten. Church, our words either come from life or for they come from the pit of hell. Unwholesome talk is decayed, rotten talk. This verse was a big one for our family oh, throughout the years. When the kids were young, we'd often put this verse on the fridge in the kitchen to meditate on, to keep reminding, hey, no unwholesome talk, only that which builds up. There's no room for put-downs in the family of God. We're still working on it. We are still a work in progress, but God's word has the power to transform our hearts and lives. Why is this so important? Because our words come from our heart and they show the state of our soul, of our spirit. We're either being filled up with life or we're being filled up with death. I love Romans 8 too. It just lays it out so plain. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Church, there's either two paths we're walking on. The path of the spirit of life or the path of the spirit of death. And in Christ Jesus, we have been set free. So we need to walk on that path. And reflect that path in the words we receive, the words we give. A few weeks ago, I do some side construction on, uh, on Fridays, and I, I gently encouraged, exhorted a fellow worker who's also a believer, because he was kind of putting down a fellow worker. And I said, I want to encourage you how I was encouraged early in my ministry that in Christ, there's no room for shame. There's no room for jokes that put down, that belittle. In Christ, we should be building others up who are made in the image of God. And he received it well. Where do put downs and jokes come? They come out of insecurity. They come out of a false identity, out of a lack of knowledge and wisdom that we have been justified freely by the blood of Jesus Christ. If we receive the identity that God gives us, there's no room for words that are critical. So words of death are A, critical. B, they're cutting off. Proverbs 18, 13 says, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Did you know that the word listen has the same letters as silent? Silent. 
if we're honest, the best communication is often without words. You know, this can be really challenging for pastors. I'm just being honest, right? Because we feel like we have to be the Bible answer man. Just come to me and I'll tell you all the, the wisdom of God. Actually, God is the answer man, okay? And the best gift we can give is to listen, listen to God, listen to others. And if he gives uh, wisdom, if he gives encouragement, we, we give that. But creating space for God to not cut people off is life-giving. This is why uh, in the last three years, doing a program in spiritual direction has been so life-giving to me. And spiritual direction is just the ancient practice of listening with others to catch the movement of God in their life. And powerful things happen when we just listen. And we're there for one another. A friend of mine over this last year, I call him one of my guinea pigs because I needed people to, to practice spiritual direction on. And these are the words he said of our time. Thank you for taking the time with me. It has been helpful for me to have a sounding board, not necessarily an answer man, but a listener or mediator who is open to sort things through together with one ear to me and one ear to God. Not cutting people off creates space to hear, to validate, to bless, to hear God's truth. So words of death are critical. They cut off and see they're unclean. Proverbs 15.4 says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Remember, unwholesome is, is that which is rotten, decaying. Similarly, perverse here is the opposite of life. It stinks of death. And we all know that foul language isn't good. But many times we just justify it or we just think, oh, that's just me. Pastor Bill and I were talking about how people will be cussing a mean streak and then they'll find out we're pastors. Oops. And then many times they'll say, well, I don't usually talk like that. Yeah, right. We, we want to kind of expand our vocabulary beyond 10 words, you know, beyond the vocabulary range of a four-year-old and like, bleepity bleepity bleep you know it's pretty narrow focused another co-worker uh, was trying to watch his language and he said uh, John would it, would it be better to say John dang it I said I, you know that's fine with me I think that's a lot better than the alternative and it's tough when we're surrounded in a culture of that it's tough to know how to respond but if we pursue the word of God and pursue the spirit of life, we'll be filled up with that and we'll be able to complement and build up and people will notice the light. They will notice the difference. This past year, Marilee Blum and I had the opportunity to go into a home and to, to pray out a spirit of evil, a real presence of evil in a home. And it's awesome to see the victory of Jesus and what happens. But one of the main gateways to that evil was foul language. We're either opening ourselves up to a spirit of life or a spirit of death. So watch your words. But let's talk about 
Words are powerful. They can bring life or they can bring death. So let's talk about words of life. First of all, first characteristic of the words of life, A, they're constructive. Ephesians 4.29, again, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. Sounds constructive, right? According to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Words of life are constructive. They build up. They don't tear down. They don't belittle. They don't take away. They don't demean. In the movie, The Help, we see the amazing courage of some African-American women who defy the odds and tell their stories of racism and justice. It's appropriately called The Help because they work as domestic help in the homes of their richer white families in Jackson, Mississippi. Abilene has just been hired, fired in one of the most moving scenes of this movie as a worker for this family. She has long worked to raise the little daughter and care for the needs of the home. And before she leaves, she gets down on her knees and she hugs and embraces the little May Mobley, who she has ironically been more of a nurturing mother than the mean-spirited biological mom. And she leaves her with this last instruction. Baby, baby, I need you to remember everything I told you. You remember what I taught you, baby girl. To which May replies, you is kind you is smart, you is important. Words are powerful. If we haven't heard constructive, loving words from our parents, then we can hear God's word and God's love through precious words like this. You are kind, you are smart, you are important. And we can go to God's word and hear more You are my beloved. You're my redeemed. You are called by my name. We can let go of the words that have wounded us because the blood of Jesus speaks a better word and cleanse us from the spirit of death. Words of life are constructive and B, they're compassionate brings healing. He says the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. If we are walking in the spirit of life, then our words and actions must imitate God's wisdom and God's way, and it's a compassionate way. I have to be honest with you, uh, when, when I kind of reviewed on Monday what I was preaching on this week, I was brought to my knees I was like, oh, shoot. See, last Sunday was my wife, Erin, and I, our 18th anniversary. We were married the week of 9-11. That happened on a Tuesday. We got married on a Saturday. So I can always cheat and look, uh, what's the anniversary of 9-11? Okay, it's my 18th anniversary. Well, after church, we were with some friends, and uh, one of my kids did something I didn't like, and we both kind of dug in our heels, and we're stubborn, and... And my response wasn't compassionate. It wasn't wise. And thus, foolproof communication. Well, let's just say Aaron and I didn't have a lot of communication the rest of our anniversary. Justifiably so for her. 
And so Monday, I'm like, oh man, last week was humility, this week's on communication. I'm literally on my knees in the sanctuary like, God, I got nothing, you got to help me out here. But time and time again, right, when it comes to wisdom in the areas of our words and actions, we are humbled, and we are brought to our knees, and we say, Lord, have mercy, I need you. And I'm learning again these days how important it is to be slow to anger and quick to listen. How important it is to die to self, die to pride, apologize, make amends, and allow God to humble me, teach me, fill me, and bless others. Passionate. Words of life are constructive. They're compassionate and see they're championing. You champion the value and the life and the good of others. Proverbs 6.24 says, 16.24, pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. In fifth grade football in my hometown of Burnsville, I wore number unlucky 13, and our team went that year 0-13. But you know, this one night at Black Dog Park, right across from the Mall of America on the Minnesota River, if you take Cedar Avenue, it's right there at the Black Dog Plant. I was going to make my daddy so proud that night. I was the running back. We had some special plays. Man, I was 100 yards plus, right? I think I gained three yards that night. And I remember walking across the field, just feeling like a failure, feeling dejected. But I'll never forget the words he spoke over me. It was a blessing. He said, John, no matter what you do, I'll always be proud of you. Talk about words of honor and love for a, for a young guy. Those words have stuck with me. This week at Prayer Force, we were praying over this sermon, over this topic of the power of words, and, and God gave me a picture of a, a sinkhole opening up in the ground. And I believe that's just a graphic picture. If, if we're not walking in the words of life, the words of death come right from the pit. And we don't want to fall in that pit, do we? Someone was praying, and God was revealing of how he wants today to shatter the lies, the words of death, the labels, the false identity spoken over you. And so we want to take just a little bit of time as we close our service And and if there's any words that have stuck with you, if there's any labels, any lies, if God brings those to mind, if you think of those, we just want to lay them down on the ground. We just want to lay them at the feet of Jesus. We want to open ourselves up to the truth of who we are in God. And let those words, those words that speak a better word from Jesus speak over us. It's powerful when people who have not received the blessing I received from my father learn to let go and not need to seek that approval. James Belmont has a powerful story. He said, you can come 
praying with him, he has received the blessing of God that he didn't receive. Prayer team can pray with you. Church, as you go out, you'll get think cards. Think about what you're going to say. Think about how you want to walk in the way of the spirit of life. Think about your words this week. Psalm 141.3 says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Would you pray with me? Father God, if there's words that have been spoken over us that are not words of life but words of death, these lies, these identities that have remained over us, imprisoned us in fear and insecurity and false identity in the name of Jesus. God, would you speak over those lies? Just reveal that. Bring that to mind and let it just fall to the ground. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, and we want these labels and these lies to fall. Father, if there's words that we have spoken over others that are not words of life, we bring these to you, Father. We ask you for forgiveness. We've asked those who we've offended for forgiveness and asked God to speak blessing over them. We bring these words before the eternal word, Jesus, you are the word. The word of God, the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. And in Jesus' name, anything not of him must leave, must fall, must be gone. In Jesus' name, we speak blessing over your people today. God, speak your words of love. Speak your words of calling. Your words of identity. Your words of peace. Your words of healing. Your words of blessing this day. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.